Hey, this is Steve with High Stakes with Steve Rosenberg. Look, we all know that life is not about a rule book and someone to tell you what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong. And if you're an entrepreneur, there is no one to tell you anything until you've probably done it wrong. This show is all about learning from the people that have gone down the path to show you what you can start doing. So please make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to this channel. And if you want to know more information, go to my website, steverosenberg.com, and check it out. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of High Stakes with Steve Rosenberg. This is where we talk about real life, real business, and real situations. So we all know, we all wanna grow a business to be successful and to have this life. And we're on this entrepreneurial journey and we wanna be these successful people. But there's some place that you came from in life to get you to where you want to go. And everybody, myself included, especially my guests that I'm going to bring on today, has a past life that they have brought forward into their current life, and that's getting them propelled to where they want to go. Because despite what you think, there's no official club that we all hang out at when we're successful, <laughs> that we all just relax in this lounge. Anyone that you know or you see online or TV or social media or any place you look, the ones that are truly, in my opinion, the ones that are truly successful are the ones that are always working harder and looking at tomorrow. You know, what we did today is great, but what do I have to do tomorrow? What I did last year is great, but what do I have to do this year? So I think that if you look at people's past, you'll see their future. And if you look at what they've done in their past and where they're going, you'll pretty much see the trajectory of where they're going to be in the future. Same thing with employees, same thing with bosses, same thing with companies. So today I'm super excited. I even wore a shirt with, uh, for him today, uh, talking about his history. Uh, Steve Wilmer is here and I couldn't even do justice to his background. So Steve, first of all, thank you so much for being on the show and, and imparting wisdom that you have, uh, that we're going to start dropping some knowledge on people in a couple minutes here. Absolutely. Man, thank you for this opportunity. You know, when Tony introduced us and you talked about my bio, I looked at your bio and I told Tony, dude, the very first line got me right there. I'm like, oh, I got to meet this guy because there are very few people like us. You know what I mean? Uh, the shirt you're wearing, nobody cares, work harder, right? My, the second book that I wrote, there are very few people like us who kind of have that mindset, but that allows us to be where we are. So I, I'll, I'll, give, yeah. I'll give you a quick 30 second bio because it's not about me, right? We wanna make sure we get the information out to the business owners. Yeah. So my background, grew up in the inner city. We all know what that means. So everything that comes with growing up in the inner city, I went through that, right? Barely graduated high school, a 1.9 GPA. All right, don't be laughing at me. 1.9 GPA, but I was smart enough that I could join the United States Marine Corps, right? So boom, go right into the Marine Corps, Marine Corps Infantry, 0311, hoorah. Uh, I do eight years of service. I come home. I spend the next 10 years uh, in law enforcement in the Pensacola, Florida, and up in Illinois, and got married to my wife, Erin, wanted to move from being in the police, for, uh, police world to something more stable, okay? Uh, and so I actually went and got a job in sales, and that's what got me to where I am today. So I was the number one salesperson with the largest PNC uh, company in the nation. People started asking me, man, what are you doing? What are you doing? I started teaching them how to sell. And then I left that company, started my own training company. That was in 2016. And man, God is good. Things have been blowing up and it allowed me to be able to meet people like you. Okay. There's a lot in that conversation. First of all, thank you for your service to the country. And as a police officer, uh, I, I, I think that I, as many times as I can say, thanks, I, I do all the time. Cause I think you guys are very special people and you deserve uh, a special shelf in the, in the world of hierarchy, in my opinion. Um, so let me ask you this. First of all, going from, from military successful military career to police officer to the next in your mind, are you on a journey or were you just doing what you, you were you at a point of saying, okay, I'm tired of this and I want to move on or was this some sort of plan that you had to get you to where you are today? It was not a plan. And so, and, and so think about it like this. <clears throat> a lot of times business owners have a plan. And then when things don't go according to plan, which sometimes it happens, they go awry, they fall down, they don't know where to move next. You got to be willing to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Like, come on, 
I'm, dude, I'm authentic, just like you, transparent, right? So, you know, we set this up. I go on my laptop, and of course, the laptop not working. I'm like, forget it. Let's go on the cell. You know what? I got to show you something. I'm going to show you something. People got to know that this is real. Is it a broken laptop screen? I don't, I don't just talk this. You see this, what this says? There you go. Love it. This is on my wall. So we're going to get this done regardless, right? Well, so how did I go from being in the military? Because I thought I was going to do a, a full 20 year in the military. Things right. didn't work out the way I wanted them to work out, right? There's something called Desert Storm and Desert Shield that happened, right? right? I come home. I'm in law enforcement. I'm breaking records. I'm thinking I'm going to spend the next 20, 30 years as a law enforcement officer, right? But guess what? Things don't always work out the way you expect them to do. I never, ever, ever thought that I would be in sales. But as you can see, I'm a talker. I got a personality. And my only thing I wanted to do, Steve, was to be able to help people and serve people and bring value, which is, I think is so important. You see, a lot of business owners out there, their mindset is money first and then value. You see, my mindset was value first and the money came. When I started adding value to people, I wasn't even thinking about the money. But people started asking me, hey, how much would you charge me to come speak? How much would you charge me to train me how to sell? So I would say I always wanted to add value and whatever I did, and that's what led me to where I am today. So I, I want to share something with you. I I've been, as you, I've been coached, mentored, trained by you know people more successful than myself over the years. And one gentleman in particular, his name is Marshall Silver. Uh, he was a, a big impact in my life. And he told me early on, he said, you know, Steve, if you have a something that you can impart on someone, whether it's a sales or, or, or a model or whatever it is, he said, it is your duty and it is your obligation to share that information with those people. And I said, you know, Marshall, I, I agree with you 100%. And I am all about, you know, giving someone something more than what they currently have. They may say, well, I'm okay with this, but why do I need that? And mm -hmm. sales, as we know, sometimes has a negative connotation, right? Some people say like, you know, I hear people say, well, I don't want to be a used car salesman. And my first question is, is, well, do you sell used cars? No. <laughs> then why would you want to be a used car salesman? I don't, I don't understand. And, and they go, well, you know how used car people are. I don't want to be salesy. And I say, okay, so you don't like selling, right? It's, it's, you know, you get different disc profiles. Some people just do not feel comfortable selling. And they say, yeah, I don't like selling at all. I say, okay, let me ask you this. If you're, and I'll ask him, do you have a son or daughter? And, you know, this one person, they had a son. And I said, if your son was addicted to heroin and they were dying, would you sell them on the idea that they should get off drugs? And he said, absolutely. I said, that's selling. I said, you're just, yeah. you're just tying a monetary number to it, but you're helping someone do something that you strongly believe in. So don't put a negative connotation around sales. I'm, I'm just curious your thought behind that because- most people, when they go, oh, he's a sales trainer, he must be ripping people off and this and that. It's like, no, I am helping people give them the life that they can have now because of sales. So give me your thoughts on that. My thoughts on it is this. I felt the exact same way. I was never in sales. And unfortunately, that sales thing does have a negative connotation to it sometimes, right? And I and dude, listen to me. I never saw myself as a salesman. You heard my background. Yeah. There's no sales, There's no sales in, there. in there. In nowhere, there's no sales in there anywhere. So, so, so let me back up here. So, how did I get into the the sales business? Is because a buddy of mine said, "Hey man, uh, I got this. Uh, I got this network marketing business. Which you know, mom, I'm get rich quick scheme. No, I'm good. Don't want to have nothing to do with it. Leave me alone, right? I go to this meeting and they start talking about you can sell dental products and things like that. I'm like, man, whatever. And so I go back to work and I just started asking people, hey, do you have a dental plan? How do you like your dental plan? And people are like, I don't have a dental plan. Hey, I know a guy that can get your dental plan for 20 bucks a month and help you and your family. And I started selling dental plans even when I wasn't with the company. Why? I wasn't trying to make money. I was trying to help people who did not have a dental plan, right? Yeah. I'm trying to bring value. And then once I understood, wait a minute, you mean I could actually get paid for helping people with something they don't have? like the example that you were given, right? So if you have the mindset of wanting to help, then to me, that's the difference because there's good and bad in every profession. Absolutely. Right? We Come on, good and bad doctors, good and bad lawyers, good and bad law enforcement officers, good and bad military people, sure. right? 
every single thing that I've done, there's good, good and bad business coaches. Okay. So regardless of the, your connotation of whatever you think sales, a salesperson is, he's, he's, sell, he's helping people rip people off. No, I'm helping people bring value. All right. And be able to help those individuals with whatever they need. And so that's my mindset. And that's why I'm successful because I never have to convince somebody to buy. I ask the right questions. I see if you have a problem. I show you how I can solve your problem. And you say, yes, I want that. And, and there's, so there's a second part to this sentence that I was waiting to hear what you had to say, because that is very impactful. The second part of that sentence is if you are selling something that you really don't believe the other person needs, mm. what does that say about you and your morals? Exactly. You like you should never sell something to somebody or, or try to get someone to do something if you are morally doing something wrong that you don't believe in or a product or service that you don't, like you said, money is not the driver. And that, you know, I, I always, my training I'll say over time, and I'm curious your position on this is people mm. who are afraid to sell are also afraid to buy in general. So if somebody, mm -hmm. if somebody is telling me why they will not buy a product that I may sell or a coaching service or something, just like you, they probably are someone, it, it goes both ways. You're not going to find someone, you know, they say salespeople are the easiest people to sell something to because they love the, they love being sold. They love the, the everything that goes into this mm -hmm. art and craft of it, of, of making sure this is something that fits me. You know, it, it you get a good salesperson, I'm sure. I'm not the only one who's gone onto a car lot one day and drove off with a completely different car, different color, different model. <laughs> never thought I wanted it. And I'm driving home going, how the hell did this happen? It, it was, it's because I established rapport with the salesperson. We got yeah. along and he helped convince me that that is something that matches my needs. And I, I don't hate the person. I think it was, a, it, I'm glad that they showed me. And I've always learned you can always sell someone more than what they want and never less. And so a lot of times yeah. people think like, well, I'll get the base model car. Well, once they get the base model car, they got the roll down windows. I don't even, I know you and I remember that. I don't know if people have that anymore, but you know, stick shift, you know, AM radio. And you're like, oh man. Which I kids can't drive today. Yeah. That's, that's the <laughs> ultimate carjacking tool, by the way. Prevention is a stick shift. So, um, but anyways, let, let's go into your more of the sales thing. Cause I think it's so interesting. Yeah. What, let me ask you this. What from your, military and law enforcement background, would you say was one of the biggest um, drivers that helped you and continue to help you today? Yep. So I want to answer that. Let me answer another question. Something you said earlier about selling something to someone they don't need. Sure. Yeah. So because, right. So because God has really blessed me with this, this gift that I really knew I never had before because I never used it. People will often say to me, man, you're so good. You can sell ice to Eskimos. And most people take that as a compliment. But I'm quick to stop them, Steve. Like, no, 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 no. Because if I'm selling an ice to an Eskimo, I'm selling an Eskimo something he doesn't need. And yeah. I don't ever, 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 you know, want to be associated with that. You right. see what I mean? Absolutely. So it goes to what you were saying earlier about that negative connotation. All right. So I don't want to be associated with that. Um, what did I take from being in the military, being in the Marine Corps and being in law enforcement to where I am now? I got to tell you, it's a mindset thing. It is a mental toughness thing. Here's my mindset. I'm talking about my mindset. Dude, if I can be a United States Marine, if I can be an 0311 Marine, then guess what? I can do any damn thing that I want to do in this life. Okay? It taught me how to get past fear. So going back to what you were talking about earlier, people say, oh, I'm not a salesperson. Remind me to tell you the story about my wife, you know, at some time here. I'm not a salesperson. I don't know how to sell. All they're saying is I'm afraid. I don't know how. Right. I did not know how to sell. You heard my background, right. but I refuse to let fear stop me. So that is absolutely something that I learned in the Marine Corps. So think about it like this. I travel all around the country, man. I've been to every state except North Dakota. So if anybody is from North Dakota and you want me to come and speak to you, let me know. That's the only state I haven't been to. Got to go to North Dakota. So I travel all around the country bringing Marine Corps motivation and sales training to the people I speak with. See, I, a big difference between my company and a lot of companies out there, you know, talk about sales and things like that, is we don't just deal in word tracks. We don't just deal in say this, say that, ask this, ask that. We deal with the person. So we talk about mental toughness. We talk about mindset. 
we talk about how to get past fear, right? Fear has two meanings, you know, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Why? Because that's what I learned in the Marine Corps. There are lots of things I did in the Marine Corps I was afraid to do, but they taught me how to get past that and move forward. So there are a lot of people who are starting their career in sales or who are thinking about getting into sales and they're just afraid of rejection. They're afraid of the no. So we take the time to teach them what the word no means. We teach them that, hey, you got to fail forward. You got to be willing to double your failure rate. Failure is over here. You're over here. And most people try to avoid failure in order to get to the yes. You got to go through the no's to get to the yes, right? Yes is the destination, but no is how you get there. The yes builds your bank account, but the no builds you. So once you get the true meaning of the word no, then boom, you're not going to have an issue with sales. I, I love it. I love it. I'm getting chills just hearing you because I'm a big believer. You know, let me, let me say something. I think, in, in my personal opinion, and I could be wrong, but I was taught, and I, and I do agree with this model, that every business out there, everyone who owns a business is a sales and marketing business. They are just selling and marketing a different product, service, widget, concept, or idea. Yep. And, yep. and people think, a lot of times when people go into business, they go into business as operators because they can make a better system. But, and they feel that, hey, if I build it, they will come, which you and I know is bullshit because you could be the best hamburger maker, but if you put that hamburger stand next to McDonald's, they're going to swipe the floor with you because yeah. not because they make a better burger, but because they have a better sales and marketing machine. And yeah. you know, I tell people all the time, do you think that there's a reason that the Doritos and you know uh, Pepsi and these other uh, General Motors – why they spend millions and millions of dollars on a 30-second Super Bowl ad, it's because they see the value of market share and marketing, and they want to keep that funnel because it is a market share, meaning you're sharing the market with other competitors. You want to yeah, get yeah. a bigger piece of that market share, and that's how you do it. So if you get these big companies that are so focused on marketing and sales conversion, and they're making millions and billions of dollars but you, the small business owner, don't think there's any value in that. Who do you think is right? And who do you think is yeah. going to outlast the other company? And that, I, w give me your perception of that. Yes. You, dude, you're 100% you're right. Your level of success is determined by your level of exposure. Absolutely. So when you're, yeah. So, dude, you're talking about that market share. You're talking about the exposure of millions upon millions of people looking you know, at that Super Bowl ad or millions and millions of people going to the store, opening up and seeing that. Right. But even on our level, right, even on our level to the business owners, I am telling you right now, your level of success will determine uh, your level of exposure to your level of success. If you've got a business like you were saying, Steve, just hamburgers or widgets, it doesn't matter. You could literally have the best widget on the market. But if no one knows about it, it's not going to work. Doesn't so matter. you've got to market. You better have a Steve Wilmer or somebody on your team to be able to go out there and do that. So, so I told you my background, barely graduated, like a 1.9 GPA. My oldest son, Judah, just like me, a talker. Um, I mean, uh, you want to talk about a salesperson, right? So listen to this. He graduates, graduates high school. The kid on the, uh, uh, that's graduated gets his big award. He's got all of these accolades and everything and everybody he's i mean really smart not taking anything away from him the guy next to me says man that kid is so smart one day he'll cure cancer and i told my son jude i said dude he may come up with something to cure cancer but you're gonna have to sell it that's right that's right you're gonna have to sell it you're gonna have to be the one to go around to the doctors you're gonna be the one to stand in front of congress you're gonna be the one to be able to to, to get that out to the community because just because you can create a, a, a cure, you know, for cancer or the next best thing or whatever the case may be, he had no personality. He had the brains, but he's got no personality, no marketing skills, no sales skills, afraid to stand up in front of people, afraid to talk. There's no way he would be on your podcast talking to you to make people go, oh, I want that. So it, it takes everybody. And I wish, man, I wish somebody had told me about sales early on in my career. Yeah. I wish they would teach it in school. I would do it for free. I would go into a high school 
and spend some time talking to kids about considering an opportunity in sales. Because all my teachers told me, Steve, get a good education, go to college, get a high paying job. And I was like, man, there's no way I can go to college. I'm not smart enough. I am barely graduating high school. So college wasn't even on my radar, but they kept drilling it in my head that, hey, if you don't do this, you're not gonna be a success. If you don't do this, you're going to be a failure. In my first book that I wrote, 10 to Win, I literally had my English teacher tell me, you're never going to amount to anything. Why? Because I was getting Fs in English. So she that's what she told me. You're not going to amount to anything. You're not going to be able to go to college. And you're going to end up being like a janitor. You're going to end up in nothing against that. But this, this is what she's telling me, right? right. And I believe her. Young, yeah. impressionable kid, I believed her. So I want to be able to go into a high school and not even talk to the kids that are getting A's, yay, yay. A's and B's, congratulations. Oh, because my second son, that's him. He's, right. in, he's in the Merchant Marine Academy. He's the smartest kid you know. Wow. My daughter's the same way, but me and my older son, we're, we're right here. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Well, look, they, you know, communicators are the wealthiest people on the planet. Right? That, that's that's a fact. Um, I read a, it, it, you'll probably love this and you can steal it. Uh, I read an article one time and it said that 15% of all successful people or people that, you know, things that are successful are 15% are tied back to technical skills. 85% are tied back to your communication skills. What's yes. interesting is the where this article came from was the Carnegie Institute of Technology. The technological school actually said that being technical is not going to make you successful. Being the communicator is actually yes. what is going to, because as you said, if you cannot convey your message and you're like, yeah, here it is. People are going to like, I don't, I don't want that. There's no reason. Right. There's no global value. There's no rational why this makes sense to me. Um, so let, let me ask you this. I, I kind of want to shift a little bit here, Steve. Sure. If you were talking, we, we get this, right? And we, we you and I obviously, are, we beat that drum that sales is the key. How yep. does somebody go from zero to just step one in this process to becoming a good salesperson? Because we know what it takes to get through the finish line, but how does somebody just cross the starting line in this industry? Dude, I can't believe, remember I said, I was gonna tell you about my wife. Yeah, <laughs> is, this, is this part of it? This, I had no idea. I'm telling you, man. I, so my wife is retired Navy, retired Navy chief. So I want right. you to imagine this, 24 years in the Navy and she's seen me as a salesperson. So she never sold a thing a day in her life. Okay. She gets she gets out of the Navy and our financial advisor, his name is Joe. He says to her, hey, we got this program uh, where we're uh, recruiting people out of the military to come work for us for Edward Jones Investments. And my wife goes, what are you talking about? Steve's the salesperson. I'm not the salesperson. I've been in the Navy for 24 years. What do I know? So she goes on these interviews and everything. And of course they want to hire her and she's scared to death because she's never been in sales. All she's seen is me hearing me doing sales calls, training people, traveling. And she starts thinking I could never do that. So I helped her. So to answer your question, here's step number one. I said, sweetie, what are you reading? She says, what do you mean? I said, you've got to start, number one, is personal development because you've got to understand who you are, okay? And so I want you to, so I started giving her books that she can start to read, okay? okay. You know, Warren Buffett says, the more you learn, the more you earn, yep. okay? Empty your pocket into your mind and your mind will fill your pocket with gold. So I got her on that level. So she starts reading, okay? Learning who she is, personal development. And then I started giving her some sales books to read. Uh, books like 12 Pillars by Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. Um, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success by Frank Betger. Um, Go for No is another one because yeah. she dealt with rejection. Remember I talk about mindset? Mm -hmm. So she deals with rejection. And so I had to get her mindset to understand that when you deal with rejection, it's all about you and your low self-esteem. You see, sales is so much more than a word track. And I try to get that to people all the time. It ain't just a word track. It ain't just say this and say that. If you don't have it up here, it's not going to work. So I began to deal with her on those things. So step number one, personal, personal development. What are you reading? 
Who are you listening to? Uh, which salespeople are you listening to? And it doesn't mean that everybody's going to agree and everybody's going to have the same message, right? We, we always say, you know, you eat the fish, you spit out the bones. Oh, I like this. Steve said this. I like he said that. He said this. I don't really agree with that. So I won't do that, you know? Um, so you got to start there with personal development. Then number two, get a mentor, right? Yeah. We, Jim, talk about Jim Rohn. We are, the, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. How in the world can you say you want to be a salesperson? I say, well, who are your four closest people you're hanging out with? And not one of them is in sales. They all have a job. They all get a guaranteed paycheck. That's not going to work. You've got to surround yourself with individuals who are in the same business or have the same aspirations as you do. So I surrounded myself with other salespeople. She surrounded herself with me. I put her in contact with one of my employees, a female, Stephanie. And Stephanie began to mentor her as well, all right? Um, so I would say those are probably the first two, maybe three things to do if you're even considering a, a career in sales. And they, I, I had heard that you make an average of two to $3,000 of the people that you hang around with. So if you are the highest wage earner of all of your friends, well, then that's what you got. Now, I, I, I'll tell you what I do. Find, find new friends. If you're in a group of people and you make the most money, you got to find another group uh, of friends. Absolutely. And here's what I do. And listen, we all have the friends that we grew up with, right? We yeah. have the friends that, you know, that, that are certain industries or maybe with our children and we have different types of friends. And I think the mistake that a lot of people do, especially when they're starting something new. So let's say someone is starting sales and they, they want to, they, they're very proud of what they're doing. So they want to share that. But there's two mm. things that, that I have learned. Number one, not everybody cares what you're doing and not everybody wants to see you succeed. Like the reality is, is that nobody gives a shit if you're trying to better yourself because it makes them look upon themselves and go. It challenges if, them. If Steve's doing good and he actually succeeds, I got to look at myself a little bit better and I don't want to look at myself. So I'm just going to put Steve down so that when yeah. Steve does fail, I can go, yeah, see, I told you, just hang out with us. So yeah. what I do, what I practice is I compartmentalize people, meaning, you know, I grew up in a, in a very, uh, a pretty, a bad area of, of East LA uh, growing up as a kid. Um, so like, like you, I had a, a different background than I have today. And so I've got friends that, that they're great friends and I grew up with them. They don't care about my investing life. They don't care about my being an airline pilot. They don't care about those things. They want to be friends and, and I want to be their friends then I've got pilot friends. Pilot friends don't really care about what I do in the gym. They don't care about my real estate investing. They don't care about my business coaching. So I talk to them about flying. If I was flying an airplane and I fly a Boeing 777, if I was landing a Boeing 777, would you want me to be in a heated discussion about real estate in the middle of landing a plane? No, you want me focused on landing the airplane. That's compartmentalizing. So I have learned that when I'm around people and I want to be around the, you know, the people who fly the, in the corporate jets and fly in the back of the corporate jets uh, and the ones that, you know, are living that lifestyle. That's where I want to be. So those are people that I want to hang around with. I don't tell them about my growing up friends and how they're, right. you know, what their focuses are. I, I don't know what you do or how you handle that, but I, I, that's how I do it. And I just don't really cross many people over. Yep. So I love that. I absolutely love that because here's what happens. And you, you tell me if this has happened. Sometimes we can be around those friends like we grew up with that we're talking about. Uh, a lot of them, I say my friends, but they're really some of my relatives. Like right. I still have relatives who I love, who love me that still live in the project. Yep. It's, it's, it's where they live. Um, it's just who they are. So you're right. I'm not talking to them about the house. I'm not talking about the investments. I'm talking about my business, revenue share, commissions, and Number one, they wouldn't understand it. Number two, like you said, they, won't, they don't care. They're just trying to work paycheck to paycheck, right. right? But here's the great thing about me and doing what you and I do. Even when I'm hanging around them and they see the lifestyle and I'm able to help out with certain things, I love the questions. So right. like, my, like, so my niece, uh, she was a, uh, I, I don't know the technical term for it, but it was the kind of the nurses that people have to go into places and, and like help people lift up and take them to the bathroom and stuff like that. Like home health care type, like home health care. Yeah, yeah, some, something like that. And I don't know, I, I just know the name of it. But she reached out to me and said, hey, uh, hey, unk, uncle, you know, hey, unk, I want to do better than this. I see you and your wife, Erin, you're doing this. And she says, I don't want to, I don't want to do this for the next 20 years. She says, there's a class I want to take 
that I can get my nursing license so I don't have to do this anymore. I can do that. But the class costs $500. And she says, and if you'll loan me $500, I promise you I'll pay it back. No problem, Keisha. I got you. Boom. Yep. 500 bucks. Yep. All right. And I think maybe, and honestly, man, I totally forgot about it. And I think maybe like two months later, she sends me a report card, you know, hey, let you know, I got a, I got an A in my class. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, 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 good. Oh, hey. And then like two months later, and then she sent me her certificate. And this might've been like six months, a year or something later. Huh. I totally forgot about her certificate. And she's thanking me. And now I'm able to go do this and everything. And I was like, girl, please, 500 bucks. You don't owe me. Congratulations. I'm so glad. And now she's she has a, big, a better job, making a lot more money without all that strength. Right. But here's the point. It would not have happened unless she saw me being where I am. Yeah. So we have that type of influence. You see what I mean? Absolutely. So we're talking about compartmentalizing. Man, you're, you're absolutely right. But there are people that are crossover in every area that say, hey, Steve, I see you doing this. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. And again, I'm telling you, it comes from a place of, of value. What can I do to be able to add value to the people that's around me? All right. The word of God says to whom much is given, much is required or Spider-Man. Right. Great. You know, great. With great power comes great responsibility. Right? And so. So that's just my mindset on that. <laughs> and so here, here's something to, to think about. And, and you know, one of the people who, who've been a superpower in my life, he told me, and, and he's not inexpensive, you know, it's an investment to, to train with him. And he told me, he said, Steve, let me tell you something. He said, and I do this in front of, you know, 10 people or a thousand people or 10,000 people on stages. Very, he's very well known. I won't say his name. Uh, but he said, you making your investment with me it's not going to change my life. He goes, it won't even, he goes, it won't even change my bank account. He goes, it's not going to affect you putting this money in my bank account. But he said, you know what it's going to do? He said, it's going to change your life forever. And he said, I'm going to put your life on a different trajectory because of you investing with me. And I really thought about that. And I thought, you know, like at first you're like, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Like I know he, you know, he's a very successful person and I get that, but I'm thinking, okay, what will this do to my life? So in sales, I, I think of the same thing. You teaching someone for sales and them investing in, in your courses and your training and your books, it's not going to change your life probably. Someone investing or not investing to work with you is not going to change the trajectory of how your life functions on a daily basis, but it will change yeah. theirs. And their life will forever be changed because of it. Just like your niece that you gave the $500 to, it didn't affect you but it changed her life forever, probably. For man, forever. And it's still changing. It's still changing her life, right? Um, I, I love that because I always tell people is <clears throat> it's not how much it costs. Like hey, to train with me, it's, it's X amount of dollars. Right. You know, it's not how much it costs. Is what it costs you if you don't make the investment. Sure. Absolutely. You see, because it can end up costing you money. A lot of money can end up costing you time, headache, and things like that. Same thing with people invest with you. If you've got the skill set, you've got the answers, you can, you know, set them on the path, then if they don't invest, it could cost them everything. So I train, so I train agents, right? I train business owners, mainly uh, uh, just say state farm agents and their team. Mm -hmm. And so there are certain things I require from the employees and there are certain things I require from the business owners. And sometimes I'll tell the, the employee, I need you to go buy this book. I want you to buy that book. Oh, I want you to, to do this. I want you to go pay for this. And I specifically tell the, the business owner, the agent, you are not allowed to buy that for them. Right. Right. They must learn how to be an active participant in their own success. Yep. And again, well, it costs $30 to do this. It costs 50 bucks. It costs a hundred dollars. It's not how much it costs you is what it costs you. If you don't do it. Yeah, it's like, right. I, don't, I don't give a shit. Don't care what it costs you. What are you going to get from it is the better question. That's it. And, and everyone, everybody, a lot of people, they operate on that. What am I losing? It's like, what are you gaining? You know, I, I wrote a book. You've written books. How many, I've got 20 years of knowledge and experience that I put into that book that you can get for, you know, $19.95 on Amazon. No, just kidding. Uh, but if you, you know, <laughs> if you if you bought that book for, for $20, you're getting into my head as opposed to the hundreds of thousands of dollars more that it yeah. took me to learn that. 
So it's yep. not what you're spending, it's what you're getting. I, I tell them, you're, I say, listen, like I wrote, I've written two sales manuals, right? And I said, guys, I already did the work. Yeah. The it's work there. is done. It's in here. Yep. All it's you got to do is read it. And, yeah. and the belief, and you know as well as I do, there's some people that, that won't even read it. And they can read, Steve, and they still won't read it. Yep. I know. I know. So let me ask you this. Let, let, let's go to people that, that you get or people that you work with, uh, whether it's a business or a salesperson. What are the common traits that cause them to fail and not you know, we know what it takes to go to step from zero to one, right? Self-development, being around like-minded people. What causes these people that start out on a journey, they see where they want to go. They've done all the work. They've prepped. They've even invested with you because you and I both know there's many people that invest that don't do what they're supposed to do. Why do they fail in your opinion? Yeah. So I say that all, all production, if you will, can be broken down into two different categories. Number one is activity. Number two is training. Okay. You got to have the activity, which means if we're talking about sales, means you got to talk to people and you got to talk to X amount of people per day. One of the things I hate when I'm training on sales is people say, well, I'm going to talk to everybody. Number one, that's impossible. Number that's two, stupid. I can't hold you accountable for everyone. Right. So I don't want to hear that word anymore. How right. many people per day are you going to talk to? I hate this. Well, I'm going to make 50 calls. Guess what? I don't care how many calls you make. The right. question was, how many people are you going to talk to? Because if the number, depending on your business, if the number is three per day, five per day, 10 per day, whatever, I don't care if you, if you make 50 calls and you talk to one, you fail. Right. If you make one call and your number was one and you talk to one, you pass. Yep. Right? So when I go back and find out, why did you not hit your number? Why did you not do this? Why did you not? Well, let me see the people you spoke to. Huh? Yeah, let me see the name of the people you spoke to. They don't have the activity. All right. That's why they fail. They don't have the activity. Number two, they don't have the training. They're not being mentored by a Steve Rosenberg. They don't understand what they're supposed to do. They don't understand what they're not supposed to do, right? They're just, uh, my wife called it, they're shooting from the hip. Yeah. When you, when you get a business and you truly want to succeed in the business, you've got to have a coach. You've got to have somebody who's directing you and training you. You mentioned McDonald's earlier. Do you really think that McDonald's just lets you open up McDonald's and say, all right, Steve. Good luck. Open what you know. No, they got a brand they want to protect. They have people working with you to make sure you're doing every single thing right you're supposed to do. And so uh, Robert Kiyosaki always says, it's not money that makes you rich. It's business skills that make you rich, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, as you know, as well as I do, man, they don't have the business skills. Yep. So why do people set out and why do they not uh, succeed? They don't have the activity. They don't have the business skills. They're not willing to pay somebody to train them uh, on the business skills, which comes with the mindset and different things like that. And then they don't, so many things, they don't have the right people around them. They're trying to run a business. They're hanging out with employees. They're trying to run a business. They're hanging out with people who are not trying to run a business, who don't deal with the same things they deal with on a daily basis. They're hearing that negative talk. They let fear come in. They see their bottom line doing this, and then they want to give up because it gets tough. They don't understand that struggle makes you stronger, right? From where you and I came from to be where we are today, it wasn't an easy road, right? It was not an easy road. So I tell people all the time, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy but I'm telling you it's going to be worth it if you would do these things I'm telling you to do. And, you know, along those lines of being easy, I tell people, you know, I am a product of my failures. We talked about failing and I would not replace any of my failures. My, my most horrific failures in life are what got me to where I am today. And, and, you know, a lot of, and again, I know you said before, you know, a lot of people avoid those failures, but the problem is, is you're not avoiding anything. If you're avoiding failure, you're really avoiding success is what you're yes. avoiding. Yes. Um, now, let me, let me ask you this, and this is an analogy that I use, and I am a big believer in this. I tell people all the time, when you watch a professional team, let's say professional football game on Sunday, Miami Dolphins, which I know you have 72 hats, uh, but let's say, <laughs> let's, say, let's say you're watching the Miami- We just got Tyreek Hill. We just yes. got Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. So when you watch those Miami Dolphins, you know that everyone on that team has been practicing- from Monday to 
Friday or even Saturday, every day, all day long, that's all they do is practice for that one game on Sunday, right? They practice. They're professionals. They have coaches. They have trainers. They do everything that they do. Michael Jordan used to play eight-hour practice, eight hours a day for one game, right? So you've got these people, and they are considered professionals. And then I talk to salespeople, and I go, how often do you script, role play? How often do you practice? Oh, I don't do that. So you're a professional salesperson, but you don't think that you need to practice the craft that's actually going to get you to win the game. Like, again, professionals practice all the time. I'll tell you, here's an example. I'm an airline pilot. How would you like it if I opened up the door from the cockpit and told everyone, hey, everyone, welcome aboard today. This is going to be an amazing flight. I'm so excited. We're going to take you from Houston to Honolulu, Hawaii. It's going to be fantastic because this is my first time ever doing this. Wish me luck. How would you feel watching that door close and having us take off? You'd be uh, like, excuse oh, me, can I get off? Can I get I'm off the plane real quickly? Freaking plane now. Exactly. So <laughs> you expect all of us to be professionals, but you don't want to be a professional. You don't want to act like a professional, but you want to be, you want to be treated like a professional. Tell yeah. me why. So I, yeah. I'm just curious. I, I know there's got to be something you have to deal with all the time. And I'm curious how you deal with it. Yeah. We call it skill set. <clears throat> And so we, we train on skill set, about developing your skill set. So we talk about NFL. I got a good friend of mine. His name is Mitchell Price. He used to play for the Rams, and he also played for the, for the Bengals. It was like the price is right. Yeah. Um, and here's what he said. He said, most people practice until they get it right. But I would practice until I could not get it wrong. Absolutely, man. I love that. That is that's right. That's, that's, that's strong, right? That's strong. Uh, Soccer, and I'm not a soccer player, but Leo, Leo Messi, I think his name, Leo Messi, right? Um, he says, it took me like 17 years, you know, to become an overnight success. Because yeah. we look at those individuals and we think that, oh, it's just natural. Even, even me. So you look at me and you say, well, look at him. He's able to do this and do that. I do believe that God put this gift, you know, in you and I. But mm-hmm. even that, we still practice right? 100%. Even that we still hone our skill set. We're still, dude, I'm, I'm still reading. I'm still learning. I'm still training. I'm yep. still being challenged, which I think is key. I got people around me that will challenge me on certain things as well. But why? Because we want to become better so we can continue to be able to add that value. Um, I posted this on one of my social medias. I can't remember. Oh, Uh, on Facebook, I took my son, my oldest son and my nephew to lunch. And I posted uh, having lunch, dropping knowledge on these two young men. And then underneath it, I put, if you're willing to learn, no one can stop you. If you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. Oh, that's pretty powerful, man. Especially with kids, right? That's powerful. Yep. Very yep. powerful, man. I, I could talk all day with you. I, I just, it's, so, <laughs> well, it's only, it's only been five minutes. Yeah. It feels like it, right? It feels like <laughs> it. So let me ask you this. I got a couple, I got a couple final questions for you. Okay. I want to take up all of your, your Saturday, which I appreciate you taking the time. Um, here's one question. You've done a lot in your life. Okay. You, you, you again, you, you know, you, you and got a lot more to do brother. A you lot got a lot more, more to, to do. do when it's all done. What would you say you want to be known for? most all right i'm answering that question let let me tell you the biggest highlight i'm 53 okay so three years ago you know when you turn 50 that's that's a big highlight Mm -hmm. so my wife says what do you want to do for your 50th birthday where do you want to go because we travel a lot we love to travel and i said i don't want to travel anywhere i said i just want to have a birthday party a big 50th birthday party bash so we rent out this hall you know and the guy's like, you know, how many people are going to come? How much food? And I said, let's, let's have enough food for about 100 people. You know, 100 people show up, we'll be able to feed them. The party started at 6 p.m. And I'm, I'm the guest of honor, so I'm going to show up late. I'm going to make an entrance, right? Yeah. So I show up at 6.30 because they're there. They're eating. They're taking pictures. I had a photographer and everything. Steve, I'm getting chills even thinking about it. I show up in the parking lot. I'm, I get driven there. There's no room in the parking lot. Talking about an event center. 
So they let me out the back seat. I walk in by myself. I open the door. And as soon as I open the door, everybody erupts. There were over 250 people in the room. I'm getting chills. Wow. Pretty impressive. No. Humbling. Yeah, Yeah, I would say, yeah, that's a better term. That's a better term. Humbling. And 150 of those were pissed because they're fucking hungry, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) No, they were were eating. I mean, I had a photographer. He was making them take pictures, all this stupid hats and stuff like that. But think about this. I walk in. Oh, my God, my face. I walk in, 250 people, and they all stand up, Steve, and just start clapping. And I'm seeing faces that I have not seen in so long, right? Some faces I recognize, some faces I haven't seen in a long time. And man, so everything finally calms down and, I, and I'm blown away. As you can tell, I am never at a loss for words. You, you agree I, with that, right? I, yeah, I get it. I was at a loss for words, could not say anything. And then to have people, because they, they, my wife planned this whole thing and she planned it where a couple of people could stand up and just tell how I've changed their lives. And they told stories, funny stories, touching stories. I'm this because of Steve and Steve, man, I remember this. And I've had two people says, man, I want to write a book, you know, and, and look, I put your name in it because I would never written this book if it were not for you. I never would have started wow. my business if it were not for you. I never would have made this if it were for you. I never would have succeeded. this. I mean, person after, where they had to cut it off. Oh man. So for you to say, I'm gone, I'm laid to rest. What is the one thing, and you heard me say this already, what is the one thing that I want to be known for? And here it is, man, that guy changed my life. Wow. That's it. It's impactful. Am, am I affecting people's lives for the better? I like that. I like that. Um, all right. Now, let me ask you this. And you know what's interesting? I have to tell you, I, I've been around some pretty successful people, uh, interviewed some some great people on my podcast shows, some very impactful people. And almost all of them, when I ask that question, it's always about other people, never about themselves. Just like mm. what you did. It's, I mean, it's interesting. People who are the most successful are the biggest givers of knowledge, of money, of whatever it is that they have, which is interesting because- People that are not successful are the more selfish, in my opinion. Of course. And, of course. It's very interesting that that everyone I ask that question to, it is always something of that they want to be able to give as much as they can give. Because once our primal needs are met, we don't yeah. really need anything else. We feel we are fulfilled in life. Now we want to yep. take that and become, it's kind of, you'd mentioned rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. You know, the second half of your life is you want to be that teacher that can impart your wisdom on other people, which is, I think that's where you and I both are um, at at this stage in our life. All right. One last question. One last question. All right. Anyone alive, dead, or even fictional that you could sit down and have a beer with and shoot the shit and talk to, who would that person be? (laughs) Um, I don't know about the beer part, but man, I would really love to just have a conversation with Jesus. You're the second person who has said that to me. I'm really? Me yes. Um, and this is going to sound crazy. I just want to, am I on the right path? Am okay. I pleasing you? Okay. Am I, am I doing the things I'm supposed to do? What, which way should I go? Where, I mean, I mean, just, help help me with some direction here i have a lot of i still have a lot of doubts in my mind about this and that and so you know i would want to say thank you i mean don't get me wrong i talk to him now but you're saying a, a conversation conversation a conversation right maybe wine and maybe wine with him there you go maybe wine there you go <laughs> <laughs> he drinks wine i drink my my Michelob ultra there we go um but yeah a couple of questions but more so what do you need me to do what do you, is it anybody, anybody I should be talking to? Anybody I should be touching? Anywhere you need me to go? Am I missing it? Am I on the right path? You know, a couple of favors to ask. Do please take care of the kids. Please take care of my kids. Whether I'm here, not here. Come on now. Direct them in the right way. I know they're kids. They're going to do kid stuff, right? But right. I want to make sure that I don't want to see any of my kids pass away. Let them live a long life. You know, just, just a couple of favors. 
you tell me what you need me to do. Make sure I'm headed in the right direction. That's awesome, man. That is, that's very prolific. Those are great. It's funny. Yeah. You're the second person uh, that, that has mentioned him, which I thought was interesting and, and not for two different reasons, uh, but very interesting questions that you would have for him. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, Steve, look, man, I, I love our time and I know you and I are going to be doing more stuff together. People are probably going to see us at some events and doing some other things, which we're talking. I'm about. looking forward to it, man. I am too. So if somebody wants to find you, get a hold of you, follow you, and we're going to have all this in the show notes, but how would they get a hold of you and find you or maybe have you come and train with them? Yep. Shoot me an email. It's pretty simple. Steve at stevewilmer.com. Steve at stevewilmer.com. And you're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all those other social media platforms, right? Man, let me say it like this. I'm on there, but I'm not on there. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? It, it does. You know, it's funny. I get a lot of people and, you know, since I've gotten into this world after selling my own business, uh, getting into this world and people said like, you know, how come you're not really much on social media or you're not doing this? I said, because I'm building a business. Like, I don't have time. And now I realize, you know, since I sold my business, now I'm, I'm doing a lot more on, on social media and podcast shows. But it's so funny. It's like, because I'm doing real shit. That's why. Like, I got stuff to do. Like, I mean, I'm building a business. That's To me, that's more important. Not saying this isn't important, but yeah. I got shit to do. So I think it's funny when I talk to people, they're like, yeah, I'm busy doing shit. I, I can't sit here and post stories all day long. I got stuff to do. So I can relate. Trust me. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I can tell you this. It is absolutely. It has been a pleasure to to, to meet you. Um, it's been a pleasure for you to have me on here. I do not take this for granted. You know, you sharing your time, your audience, your space with me. So, dude, I truly am humbled, and I appreciate you, Steve. Steve, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on. And for those of you watching, thanks for watching or listening to High Stakes with Steve Rosenberg. You can get this downloadable on all the available platforms out there that exist. Um, and also I have a YouTube channel, steverosenberg.com. So again, Steve, thank you so much. And everyone watching, thanks for watching High Stakes with Steve Rosenberg. And we will see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please make sure that you like, you subscribe, and you share this out for other people. If you want to know more, just go to my website, steverosenberg.com. I'd love to meet you and learn more about what you're doing.